Hello, everyone, and welcome back. It's the full 40 with Chris and Rob, part of the Nova Insider Network, back with you after a thrilling 71-61 victory over Ohio State. Rob Dormish is currently doing the Sweet 16 dance, because that's right, the Cats dance on to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. We're here to break it down for you. Tell you all about what you need to know about Michigan. Walk you through the rest of the tournament. We got a lot to cover in this episode. And Rob, we only have 45 minutes. So let's fucking go. It's going to be the fullest of full 40s. We quit, are here for quit it. Quit your dancing. Quit your dancing. And let me ask you before we get into our ad read, before we get into our ad read, what are you drinking tonight? Um, well, we're continuing the trend. It had been working so well. And frankly, it's the only thing I have in my house. Teeling. It's terrific. And, and look, you know, again, they're not even paying us, but it's great whiskey. Highly recommend it. Gives you a little taste of the motherland in my case from Ireland. There you go. There you go. I am actually I, Irish. So I, I went back to uh, Blue Label. I drank it last week. I also drank a lot of other things in the ensuing we did. days. We did. <laughs> um, in Las Vegas and I'm still recovering from that experience. That being said, home now. Last week, we talked about the first weekend I drank Blue Label. I'm going to stick with the Blue Label this weekend. Worked the first time. Hopefully, it works the second. I was going to say, if you listened to the last podcast, you heard some of the alcohol that we were uh, imbibing in. It was, it was an interesting experience. Although, I'm, I'm told it didn't come across as such, but we had uh, we were yeah. several drinks in at that point. It was a good, it was it was, a good weekend. Yeah, it was hard to quantify how many drinks in we were because we had consumed a lot previous. Yeah. Had taken some time off. And then we're starting to ramp back up. So like d- determining where you were in the cycle of, of ebb yeah, and flow of drinking was, was, was difficult to do by the, when we recorded last time. Again, we're just doing God's work. Give that the being, people what they want. That being said, today's episode of The Full 40 is brought to you by Homefield. Homefield's apparel, Homefield's back. We said on the last podcast, they're back with a great sponsorship they want people to buy more gear. And candidly, I got to be honest with you guys, you should buy more gear. I am currently wearing this uh, old school 1980s V step through Wildcat with the Villanova down. I got it's like a little bit of like a, what would you call this? Like a Henley sweater type of situation? Yeah, something uh, like that. I think it's a, I think it's a sweatshirt. Henley just Sw- sweatshirt. Buttons, but that's sweatshirt. Okay. We'll, okay. we'll give you a pass. It's a sweatshirt. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's a great sweatshirt. It's a great sweatshirt. Looks really good. Extraordinarily comfortable, cozy very, and very warm. Comfy. Very cozy comfy. and warm, but not like oppressively warm. So it's like, you know, good on a day like today. It's about 60 degrees, 55, 60 degrees here in, in New Jersey. Um, and it's been a great thing to wear around all day. Uh, so I've, I've enjoyed it. Uh, so they make great stuff, great quality stuff. And if you use the code... Uh, I think it ends tomorrow or the next day. Nova Mania. Um, 22nd, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. Um, you even get a 10% discount, even if you're a returning customer. 
If you want to take advantage of the 15% discount for new customers, use the code FULL40, F-U-L-L-4-0, to get 15% off if you are a new customer to Homefield. And again, Nova Mania, if you want 10% off, but that code expires March 22nd. We're going to get this episode up as fast as we can, but if you don't listen to it on Tuesday, you're fucked out of that first one. But still... The pr- you talked about this in the last episode. The prices of home field stuff is very quite, reasonable. Quite reasonable. I mean, not and, to knock our bookstore, but you know, it's a good deal. Yeah, anyway, yeah. anyway. Right. All right. All right. Home field. You got to check it out. It's a good deal. Agreed. Agreed. They got like 14 different things you can buy. Buy them all. I might just go buy them all. All right. Well, let's get into it. Enough yeah. talk about what we're wearing. Let's talk about what happened just yesterday which we watched in various places, me on a plane, off a plane, you in a bar about to get on a plane. Yep. But it just made both of our Sundays. Long day of travel, but you know you're in a good mood when the Wildcats win the second round game to put them through to yet another Sweet 16. This narrative, and I just want to mention this once because it's absolutely absurd. The narrative people keep bringing up about, oh, Wildcats flaming out in the second round is absurd. We have two national titles in the last five years. Shut the fuck up. It's not a narrative anymore. But anyway, if you need more evidence to put that to bed, cats get it done. Ohio State, nothing. One Big Ten rival to the next. Michigan coming up next. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I mean, every, every year we play in the tournament, we seem to march through like all of the members of one conference. And That's so true. Wow. You're and right. So I remember we won the Big 12 tournament championship um, <laughs> in, in, the 20, in the 2018 tournament where we beat West Virginia, Texas Tech, and Kansas in back-to-back-to-back games. Um, so we'll just march through a couple teams in the Big Ten. No big deal. Um, they're pretty used to losing as it is. So, I mean, it's, it's fine. That being That's said, true. we're going to talk about this a little bit because I, I got to be honest with you, getting on a plane – leaving Las Vegas to come home on a Sunday is objectively like top two worst flights to be on as like a human being. Sorry. And it's not number two, <laughs> like, <laughs> but like, right. It's, it, so it's an right. objectively so right. terrible experience. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, my flight's a little bit delayed. A couple Bud Lights and a Villanova victory to advance to the Sweet 16 was fucking glorious. I was feeling no pain on my way home. They had a little bit of the direct TV situation on a United flight, watched some games, um, got some in-flight Wi-Fi, tweeted a bunch on the rest of the way home. So four hours, it was, it was easy. It was a- and, and, and could you imagine, so it's, it's already a bad flight to start. Could you imagine had we lost? Oh, I would have, I would have, I would have, no, I would have fucking go back to Vegas and decide so I, I, I need another week i need another week lose all my money and become a vagabond and disappear off the face of the earth <laughs> phenomenal um but yeah i mean obviously we just want to gloat a little bit because this was absolutely phenomenal i mean the cats looked good like call it what it is like this team you know we talked about this team ceiling throughout the year rising falling rising and looking across the bracket You've got to feel pretty good at this point. The first round game, I don't know. You kind of chalk it up to whatever. It's a first round game. You're playing a 15 seed. You stop them. You get the job done. Slow start. Second round game, you're playing a good opponent, like and a good coach. And we led basically wire to wire. Yeah, it got a little bit dicey at times. But what you saw is this team got it together. 
And that was the knock at the midpoint of the season, right? It's like we couldn't close things out. Yeah, you want to see us close it out a little bit more than we did and, and not let teams back in. But these guys got the job done, right? I mean, Eric, big dicks, Dixon here, like maybe the shot of the season. It's probably the shot of the season so far, right? Yeah, I mean, before that, you'd put what? Like you'd say, was it uh, was it Colin Gillespie's shot against Providence? Was it, you know, probably try, yeah. trying to go through kind of the – or Colin Gillespie's shots against Creighton? Um, but, I mean, that Dixon three with about 90 seconds left in the game to put us up eight was the dagger. That was – that punched our ticket into the Sweet 16. It was awesome. It's just incredible. It really was. And, yeah, I mean, I'm – I'm bullish on this team. And I, my PSA to the NOAA fans, I don't think we need to tell people. I feel like we, we try to keep our expectations in check a lot more than most people. But, like, giddy up. It's oh, the yeah. second weekend. The team has looked good. Knock on wood. The bracket is falling our way. So the opportunity is there. These guys just have to take advantage of it. And I feel like this team is kind of primed to take advantage of it. I mean, if I look around the scores from the last game, Dixon with 13, Samuel seven. Oh, sorry. Can we stop on Jermaine? Jermaine is playing like Jamarsh. 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 Like it's it's Jamarsh. Jamarchuary. Jamarchuary. It's not even a month, but I'm I'm rolling with it. I like it. Um, but he's playing absolutely unleashed right now. Hyper efficient, seven of nine. Like amazing. Colin adding 20. Caleb continuing to do Caleb things. Wasn't that efficient, but he got 11 points. I, I mean, like. The guys are just, it's clicking. Slater a little quiet, but what are you going to do? Not everybody can score. Uh, that was foul trouble, though. Yeah, you write that I off. know, I know. The, yeah, the refs, the refs fucking took him out of the game because we, we played that game five on eight. That was a fucking disaster show by the referees. If the referees don't insert themselves into that game, we win that game by 15-20, period. Period. Yeah. They inserted themselves into the first half of that game when the game started to become a 10-point game. And we could talk reasons. We could talk whatever. The reality of the situation is it happened. I'm not like, like we don't get, we don't have to complain that much because we won. So whatever, but like the refs inserted themselves into that game and it was a fucking joke. Uh, the, the, the offensive foul that Justin Moore picked up in the early part of that game and some of the knick knack shit that they called on Slater was just total garbage. And so whatever it's over, like we won, but like we had to go five on eight because the red, the refs were wearing fucking scarlet and gray or whatever the hell they call their colors. And I will say it wasn't a worst case scenario, but the foul trouble we were in was real foul trouble across a lot of players. So you had to know that was going to rear its head at some point during the tournament. And you had to know it was going to be tricky with the short bench. The team was able to do it even without their, you know, seventh man at this point, Jordan Longino still being uh, kind of not available. So the fact that we were able to get through it, fight through this, and deal with a comeback, and still end up with a ten-point win—I mean, that's it. Look, it, it's not—it's not twenty eighteen level of efficiency, but we should be feeling good about this. Bob, uh, when the time comes that we play Michigan, we'll have gone seven straight weeks where the only game that we lost was by two at UConn. Yeah, you want to talk about this team's playing good and clicking at the right time, like there's your fucking evidence. Like, like winning all your games is, is a pretty good fucking evidence that this team is playing really good basketball right now. And Jay said it himself in a post-game interview I watched with John Fanton. He said, he said the Big East tournament was really helpful for the guys that, that you know, they, they, they knew that they struggled early against St. John's, but like 
they kind of came together, rallied around each other, went through the experience of like having to fight back from a big uh, deficit. They went through the experience of a tight game where it felt like it got tighter late. Um, they went through the experience of a total rock fight. So he basically said like, look, this team has had to fight through some adversity late and learn how to win through that adversity late. Um, and he feels like they're coming together and playing their best basketball right now, which is always the stated goal by the end of the season, play your best. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, this team has got, look, this team's got six guys who play pretty much all the minutes. There is not a top end NBA talent on the roster. There is a very high floor to this roster though. And the one thing that I've been reading um, coming out of this game was a couple of articles have referred to Villanova as the machine <laughs> uh, because you, you, we've always been called by John Rothstein, like, especially in this era, like, Oh, Villanova is a 500 uh, fortune 500 basketball company. It runs itself. That's kind of like the going joke. The guys look like they're a business trip, et cetera, but it's kind of evolved a little bit into just calling it like, like a machine, like just like the machine, just you turn the machine on and it works like every per every person serves its function yeah. and like, and like they all do what they need to do to get the job done. And I will say that, that, that it was a surgical mechanical performance against Ohio state all the way through. It got tight there down the, down the end. They played absolutely desperate credit to them where they were able to chip into that lead and, and get it a little bit close down the stretch. And then they ran out of gas because we just kept doing what we do. Colin, yep. Colin turned it on at one point where we were kind of meandering through. He forced the issue, got a couple buckets, got to the free throw line, um, was able to kind of stem the tide a, a little bit, if you will. They had to keep putting up jumpers. We kept, you know, making sure that they didn't hit too many of them um, down the stretch. And then we went down the, down the other end of the floor. And if we didn't make a bucket, we used 30 seconds, 40 seconds, 50 seconds of game clock on rebounding, et cetera, to just keep salting the game away. And then by the end of it, what, as soon as Dixon hit that three, it was over. Yeah, it's phenomenal. I, I want to I follow up on one point you made. You said, I feel like this is like a 2016 comment that there's not a, a high-end NBA talent on this. And maybe, maybe there's not a lot of pick. Here's my hot take for you. I think there are two guys who are playing right now who are going to make it in the, in the NBA in a couple of years. One is going to be Eric Dixon. If Eric Dixon continues to grow the way that he has over the past year that ceiling i think he i think he works his way in uh second one just because i love what i've seen in the short bursts is jordan longino i think he's got it i think he's got it he's got enough runway he's got a few years left i like the attitude i like the aggressiveness that he has and he's got an nba body too i don't know if you know but he played quarterback in high school. So he clearly <laughs> is tough and knows how to take a hit. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, I think those are two guys who you might look back on in a couple of years and be like, oh yeah, we made that comment and now they're in the league. So yeah, this, my, this to me wasn't, I was careful in what I said. I was not saying, oh no, you're not wrong. a team. You're, you're wrong. I'm, gonna, I'm calling you out. I'm calling you out. This is not a team that has no NBA talent. I actually, uh, I'll go a different direction than you. I think Colin Gillespie is going to play NBA game, uh, NBA play NBA minutes um, mm. by the time the next few years rolls around in a similar fashion to the way Archie Diacono did. Um, and in fact, like the Archie Diacono path actually paves a nice path for Colin. I think 
Do I think he gets drafted? Maybe he gets drafted late second if Villanova continues to run and he keeps shooting the ball well. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, a team just is like, all right, I'll take some leadership at the end of this, at the end of this. And as opposed yeah. to taking a total fucking flyer, uh, I'll take the guy who's proven himself biggest player of the year twice in a row, who like is by all accounts, a pro mentality already. Um, and, and can shoot the ball and plays his ass off and does everything that I want him to do as a coach. Like I could see him getting that. I could also see him kind of getting onto that, you know, post draft thing where he gets picked up by, um, by a team, they put him to a, a G League roster. He gets on a two-way contract. He graduates to the league, has a couple cup of tea with the team, whatever. Colin Gillespie is going to play NBA minutes um, in the next five years. That's my belief. Fair. Like, I just don't know if there's top-end NBA talent. Uh, Eric Dixon's a good, a good thing if he becomes a four, if he gets better moving laterally and guarding laterally. Like, he's not a he's not a league five. He's not a league four technically. No. He's probably more of a league three. But like. If he can do those things and, and and work on his lateral motion, um, which I think he can, as opposed to like a guy like Swider, who we dogged uh, in previous years, like I actually think Dixon has it. I think he just was built to be more of a four or five guy, totally, totally, um, and could just change his body as he's already done. Yeah. Um, Justin Moore will play in the league at some point in time too. That's the other. That's the other guy. Yeah. Samuels right. and Slater could do it, but um, like my point is that there isn't like a Mikhail Bridges. There's not a lot. We're going, of... we're going full backtrack here, <laughs> yeah. just all the way back. Just all well, the you, way back. You, you tried to call me out on it, and I'm telling know. you what my point is. Anyway, all right. Anyway, can, my can, point is this is a mechanical team. Yeah. Can Can we talk a minute just about like how great this how great this is from a fan perspective? This is the Monday after. The Monday after a round and your team is still in it is like one of the best feelings because you're all just set up for like, we're still in this. I've got three to four days of basically just kind of celebrate the team, feel good about it, consume as much content as I can about the team and just think about how everybody's writing you off because that's the narrative in every fan's mind right now. Nobody's giving us the respect. Like this is ours to lose. And that's, and that, that's how I feel right now. We've got, we've got two natties under coach, right. And like, let's call it what it is. We get plenty of respect, but the team's still a little bit disrespected and I'm here for it. Like it's Monday. I'm just like, yep. Yeah. Re-rank the sweet 16. Oh, we're not a one seed now. Go fuck yourself. Like that's, that's what this is about. This is easily my favorite time of the year. As a fan, you've got absolutely got to be pumped up only one up by next Monday. If we're still in it and punching our ticket to, uh, to New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah. Now next Monday is awesome. And then, and then final four Sunday is absolutely outrageous. <sighs> if you, if you win the final four game, that's that, that the following Sunday, if you're yeah. in the final four site area is just the most outrageous Sunday of all time. It's just the it's best a, Sunday. It's the day after it's just like unlimited potential is in your head. And that's all yeah, thinking you're thinking about the unlimited potential, but you're not on game day yet. So you're not yet yeah. nervous about the game. You're just totally fucking psyched that you're in the game and have an opportunity. One game, 40 minutes to win a national championship. So anyway, um, but so I guess good. the point, I guess your point, though, is if it, it feels we feel we should feel very fortunate to be Villanova fans. And I think that's a great I think that's a great that's a great point. We know what it feels like. To, to be involved in the final four Sunday. We certainly know what it feels like to be still in the tournament as we get to the sweet 16, because let's count them off. Jay Wright has been here for 21 years ish, right? 
2005, 2006, 2008, 2009, 2016, 2018, 2021, 2022. Eight sweet 16s in the last 21 years. Pretty good. It, phenomenal. Phenomenal, phenomenal hit rate um, to the to the sweet 16. Uh, and and as you said, the opportunity is out there to make an elite eight, but we'll get back to that. Um, we'll get back to that in a little bit. But should we wait? Eight, should, we, should we do our awards? Oh, yeah. I feel like we, we're getting we, on. We should. We should. Uh, I'm going to give the Shaq Fit Man play of the week to Dixon. It has to uh, be. The shot. The shot. Period. <laughs> it, it's arguably the biggest shot in Villanova history. <laughs> Many people are saying. Many people are saying. No, but that's funny that you said that because that's exactly the type of bullshit comment that would get written by some idiot who like forgot <laughs> some, forgot somewhere along the way that Villanova hit the greatest shot in college basketball history. Uh, so, but true. like, you, that's something that you would totally read. Yeah, but no, I, I, no, there's no, there's no argument here. Dixon just steps up, buries it. Oh, we we've said all season we wanted to see more three point shooting and. Man, I loved it. Next. All right. Who's your alpha dog? You know, it's interesting. I, I think, and, and it's almost maybe like a, a culmination of the two games. I think I'm going to go Samuels. I think I'm going to go Samuels. I like 17, Samuels. 17 and eight and had to deal with a lot, a lot of work working inside with some talented Ohio State players. And he picked up zero personal fouls in a game where the refs were looking for every fucking excuse possible seven of nine i mean hyper hyper efficient i mentioned it earlier in the podcast he is playing well he is playing smart if we are going to get this germane throughout the tournament look the fuck out germartuary baby we're here germartuary i love it samuels i'm going with it too i like nobody nobody gets to pass the fucking ball award because no. we won in March. Next. Sweet 16. We Let's won in go. March. No. Shouts no, to Colin no Gillespie. Yeah. Shouts to Colin Gillespie. 20 points, four assists, one turnover. Just. It's very good. Just incredible. Eight for eight from the free throw line. Cats go 17 of 20. This is a legitimate watch now. Cats go 17 of 20 from the free throw line. Uh, good for 85% on the game. We are now up to 82.6%, I believe, free throw on the season rate, free throw rate on the season. We have some wriggle room, and we are ahead right now to be the greatest free throw shooting team of all time. That's pretty cool. That's cool. That's it. I'll trade that title for a a natty. Oh, correct. Correct. But usually those things would go hand in hand. I have a feeling that if we win the national championship, we will also definitely be the greatest free throw. I, team. I have, I have a punchy, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's a good trade. <laughs> I, mean, I want both. <laughs> that would be, that'd be kind of crazy though. Cause it, assuming that happens, we would have the most, if the record still stands, we'd have the most three pointers in a season, which we got in 2018 and then have the greatest free throw percentage. That's pretty cool. That's pretty uh, cool. I think we're good at shooting. I think we're pretty good. Takeaway. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. All right, so that's good for the Ohio State wrap-up. I don't think we need to go down, you know, look, it was the game that we talked about. The yeah. game, first half, we were awesome. The second half, we gave away a little bit. They went on a run. We closed the door. That's the end of the story. Yeah. Winners. Next. Next. All right. Awesome. So so let's talk a little bit about the bracket and how it all um, 
how it all shook out uh, in the NCAAs uh, this first weekend. Because we kind of talked briefly about it on our last podcast. But as you mentioned earlier, we went for like 27 minutes and had absolutely nothing in the tank at the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so let's just kind of whip around. I think some of the headlines um, in the tournament are that, A, you got to tip your hat to the ACC who had a, by all accounts, had a weak year. Uh, and then punched three teams into the Sweet 16. Duke, you expected. Yep. Um, but then UNC came out and just put the beat the crap out of Baylor until they didn't beat the crap out of Baylor, but they got the job done anyway. Yeah, um, what? And they got Crazy. the job done in overtime versus the one seed Baylor's. UNC's in the Sweet 16. They play UCLA. Um, Duke has to play Texas Tech. We'll come back to that in a little bit. Um, and then, and then Miami was a surprise what? entrant, knocking off Auburn. Uh, so, I mean, Auburn in many in many people's eyes was like the fourth one seed over Baylor or whatever. And there was a conversation there. Uh, they stumbled a little bit late, but whatever. Auburn played literally their worst game of the season statistically. Uh, you want to talk about shitting the bed? Uh, they played their worst game of the season statistically, and Miami advances to play Iowa State. The Big Twelve. Also did pretty good advancing three teams into the Sweet 16 with yep. Texas Tech, Kansas, and the aforementioned Iowa State. Um, so those are probably the conferences that have the most bragging rights, if you will. The conferences that have the least bragging rights are, so stop me if you've heard this before, but the Big Ten, <laughs> who, only so get, who only get Michigan out of nowhere and Purdue into the uh, who is not out of nowhere that's kind of expected yeah and purdue into the sweet 16 everybody else lost illinois got candidly throttled by houston yeah um wisconsin got handled by iowa state uh you know and around the and around the conference there they just did not have a good tournament again uh, and it's 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 quite an interesting sight to see. I mean, obviously we beat Ohio state, uh, so they just couldn't get it done again. Yep. It's um, disappointing, but you kind of love to see it. You kind of love to see it. Yeah. And it, I mean, and it, make, it makes you feel good about us too. And I think we were having this conversation about like, what is, you know, what's the big East takeaway? Cause the big East got two. And obviously we want to talk a little bit about the big East too, but you know, you look around you say, all right, we got two big 10 got two big 10 had higher expectations. All right, ACC got three, fine. Big Twelve got three, fine. But I don't know. My takeaway is like, all right, Big East kind of kind of held serve. Big East held serve. Look, yeah. at the end of the day, they got their top two seeds into the Sweet Sixteen. They get one more win. We get to six and four. You lose. You assume one. You assume two loyal losses. They get to six and if we one more win, and you guarantee a minimum of five hundred performance in the NCAA tournament across your teams. That's not bad. I mean, a tournament where pretty much everyone but one team has to lose. Uh, that's a that's a pretty good uh, result for the conference. Uh, but I want to go back to the other conference that really um, had, gave, had nothing to show for, probably actually worse than the Big Ten from an expectation standpoint, was the SEC. Um, mm, Kentucky yeah. obviously gets blown out uh, of the tournament. Not blown out, but they, they, they crushed out of the tournament by St. Peter's. Um, who is the story, the Cinderella story of the tournament so far, who is still alive um, playing, uh, who will play Purdue 
um, in the Sweet 16, but Auburn loses, Arkansas, um, Arkansas advanced, and I correct me if I'm wrong. I think that's the only one. Yeah, yeah. Arkansas was the only one that advanced. Tennessee, who everyone was excited about, lost, and uh, they just did not have a good tournament at all. No, that's uh, that's it. That's all yeah. she wrote. So, so the Big Ten and the SEC were the teams uh, were the conferences that did bad. The uh, Big Ten, I mean, sorry. The Big 12 and the ACC are the conferences that did good. And like your point, and let's talk, let's turn to them next. The Big East kind of held serve. Yeah. Um, so, so the headliners for the Big East, Villanova does the job. That's that was kind of the expectation. Yeah. Providence, on the other hand, everyone expected to get you know blown out by San Diego, uh, South Dakota State in their first round. They make decent work of them, win by nine. Um, Providence then goes on to play Richmond um, in the round of 32 and absolutely fucking demolishes them by 28 points, 79-51. And, Rob, the game wasn't even that close. They just totally controlled that game the entire way through. And they looked awesome. Providence looked really, really good. And coming off of that comment, I'll talk for a second about Creighton who had a really tough-minded performance this oh. weekend to get A, past San Diego State, um, somehow despite losing Cockbrenner late in that game, and then fought their ass off and really kind of put a scare into KU in the round of 32 game. Yeah, Based on the way KU looked against Creighton, if Providence can play with the same level of fervor uh, that Creighton did against Kansas, Providence can win that game. Providence can beat Kansas. And then you look at Providence's past. They get the winner of the Miami 10 seed, Iowa State 11 seed matchup. If Providence can somehow put it together and get past KU here, Providence has a legitimately good shot to make a Final Four run. Yeah, I, I... I mean, sure. Anytime you beat a number one seed, you've got a, a legitimate shot to make a final. Sure, of, of course, sure. of course. But, sure. but but I think your your point is totally fair. I think your point is totally fair. They've but, been playing well. They've silenced the doubters. If you're a Providence fan, you're obviously optimistic. You're feeling that same vibe that we talked about earlier. But from a Providence season expectation standpoint and a tournament expectation standpoint fully have checked the box on that one. They've proven that they are a real team that deserved that number four seed. Now, obviously we want to see them give KU uh, really a knockout punch, which would be phenomenal. But, but yeah, look, they get it done in the, I don't know, you, you reference records to me. I'm like, look, if the big East gets two teams in the sweet 16 and one into the elite eight. That's, that's great. We wanted, maybe we talked about three. Brian was trying to keep us honest before the podcast. Maybe we predicted three or one and three. To me, you get two. Looking at the, how everybody else played out, you get two in the Sweet Sixteen, one in the Lead Eight. We're good. Yeah, so I agree. I will add that the Big East disappointments. Let me talk about a little bit about this um, on the other side of the coin. Uh, Marquette. We talked about them on the last podcast. I don't want to fucking talk about them. Again. No, did, no, they didn't they, even. They, fucking, they don't. No, no, no. We, didn't we, even we, fucking we don't, show we up. Don't talk, we don't talk about losers on this podcast. UConn is the team that is the disappointment. UConn is the story of the Big East in terms of disappointment this year. Yeah. Um, they had all the makings of a five seed that could have made a sweet 16. 
maybe plus run. Um, yeah. They played New Mexico State, who took Arkansas to the wire. Um, this is a team that this is a team that should have won two games, in my opinion. Yeah. And to flame out and candidly look like shit doing it um, was 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 a pretty bad knock on their season that had otherwise been trending the right direction. We're probably back in terms of being a program like, yeah, we're not going to be a one, two seed national championship contender every year, but this was like the, the story up. And now Danny Hurley is going to have to answer some questions about his tournament resume. Um, And so, and so, and so can UConn continue to put it together? Can they advance out of the, uh, out of the first game, let alone the first weekend? Uh, so UConn, definitely a very disappointing performance there. Uh, the other team that we did not get to cover on the last podcast because it hadn't happened yet was Seton Hall TCU. Mm. And if you've been following the Seton Hall Pirates all year, you know that the moment Mark Turgeon was, filed, uh, was fired from the Maryland job, that Willard's name had been coming up as like the potential candidate, successor candidate for Turgeon in Maryland the entire season. And it turns out to be a little bit of a distraction uh, there, uh, down the, down, especially down the stretch for Seton Hall, because Kevin Willard's name got mentioned for every fucking job. And it makes you wonder, because it's not just like fans spouting it, it's like rumor mill type stuff that's being fed by blue checks who are kind of in the industry. And it kind of makes you wonder in retrospect how much Willard's agent camp, whatever mm. you want to call it was doing behind the scenes to like, um, to like kind of get some action, so to speak on the yeah. Willard, on the Willard, like demand, if you will. And it, it came across in this last game because they already have announced Willard is left Seton hall and is the coach of Maryland that happened today. So a press conference is coming tomorrow to introduce him as the new head coach of Maryland. You wonder how much of this was already done before the game, because to go out there and for as tough and as tough minded as Seton Hall has always played throughout the season, even if they didn't get it done in the NCAA tournament, they always played a team with toughness. They lose 69 to 42. It's not just, a, just a no show 42 points. Like, I feel like you just go and play basketball and for 40 minutes and you have to score 42 points. Like, to do that against TCU in an 8-9 matchup is, is really, really sorely disappointing. Yeah. Um, and I, I have to believe that Willard was out the door before that, um, and, and I think that played a role in a distraction for that team. To boot, when he got asked in his post-game press conference – about it, he said, I'll be honest with you. We're, we're talking to people, blah, 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 whatever. Like it was textbook Willard from the point of being honest. But then he goes and says, well, I, I, I hope uh, Shaheen Holloway gets hired. Shaheen Holloway, St. Peter's uh, Peacocks are still fucking playing in the NCAA Super tournament. Super weird. Why do they, why did he put that on them? I just thought the whole exit and the whole thing was done very poorly by Willard. Uh, a lot of people have pointed out that that's just Willard, Kevin being Kevin, if you will. But I just thought that whole that whole thing was 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 garbage. And you know, Willard did a good job rebuilding Seton Hall. It's a credit is due. You know, credits needed when credits due. Um, and and his season where he probably could have made a Final Four run got canceled because of COVID. Uh, but like, 
you know, I, I, I'm, I think Seton Hall fans, if they can get Shaheen Holloway, I think they got to be happy with how this all kind of played out. You got yeah. a guy who rebuilt the program, who got a successor in place, who is who just made a uh, NCAA tournament run, and, and and ultimately Kevin Willard could not get the job done in the NCAA. So as far as I'm concerned, I think I think Seton Hall fans would be happy with how this all turned out. All right. Well, as much as you like to talk about Seton Hall, because you are honestly the biggest Seton Hall homer for somebody who's not actually a Seton Hall alum that I know. This is not a Seton Hall podcast. No, so it's let's, not. Let's, but let's we're talking on. Big East. Yeah, we're yeah. We, 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 we did and it. The let's, other let's thing that on. we got to mention, the other thing that we got to mention is Xavier hires fucking Sean Miller. So let's fucking That's a good hire. go. That's a good That hire. was fucking Very awesome. About that. And just to be clear, I hope he fucking cheats a lot. I hope like people are like, oh, he's going to pay the players and cheat and whatever. Good. I hope he does. Yeah, Patrick knows, Ewing want, needs Patrick Ewing needs to learn how to cheat. Let me yeah, tell you. I want him to. I want Oof. them to be good. Yeah, I agree. Like so, agree. so like, please, Sean Miller, go cheat. Go like, cheat. Like, like your Arizona teams were dope. Like that was fucking sick. Like, get a DeAndre Ayton into Xavier, and then let's have a conversation. Like, I'm all about totally. Nico Mannion. Yeah, sign me up. Yeah, Javon Javon Quinterly. Sign, oh, we tried that. One. Oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. Oops, whoops, whoops. Um, that was his first choice for a reason. It was. It was for a reason. Um, all right. All right. Should we should we move along? We we do need to do uh our next ad read because we are double sponsored these days. Yes, we are a big double sponsor guy. Um this episode is also brought to you by the Roundhouse Band. And Rob, I don't know if you have the notes up here, but the uh I do. The round- okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this episode brought to you by the Roundhouse Band, as Chris mentioned. This band is amazing. Chris and I have seen them both in person. It doesn't matter what kind of event you're looking for, whether it's a wedding, corporate event, fundraiser, special occasion, nine-piece band. They play all different kinds of music. They've got your classics. You've got everything from 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, today. I know I just went from 90s to today, but we'll do it 90s to today. They really keep everybody on the dance floor. They appeal to all crowds. We've seen them at a couple a couple different venues, and they absolutely have everybody out of their seats. So when you're looking to add that, that special finishing touch to whatever event it is, the Roundhouse Band has you covered in the tri-state area, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York. They've got it for you. So look, if you're looking to create some timeless memories, the Roundhouse Band, absolutely your answer. For more information about them, definitely just check out their website. It's roundhouseband.net, and that's R-O-U-N-D-H-O-U-S-E-B-A-N-D.net, roundhouseband.net. And you can actually get a 10% discount when you contact them and mention that you heard about them on the podcast. So just mention that you heard about them on the full 40, and you'll get 10% off what is already an unbelievable value for an awesome band and what I guarantee will be a terrific experience. Nine piece so, band, right? Nine piece. Yeah. Band. It's, it's, it's legit. When, they when really we saw started. them, when we saw them at the wedding that we went to, it was, yeah. it, they were fucking sick. I was like, basically danced the whole entire night away. I was a, a sweaty mess by the end of that, by the end of that. <laughs> Look like look like Sean Miller coaching. How about that? <laughs> so true. About so that? True. Full circle. Full circle. Okay, oh before God. we talk about our game versus Michigan, we have to talk about our game versus Michigan. Um, unfortunately, yes. uh, the Villanova women's team, who had a thrilling victory in their six eleven matchup, they made these. They made the NCAA tournament as an eleven seed. 
Um, we mentioned that on the, on the, on the first weekend podcast, um, they beat BYU in their six 11 matchup in a thrilling game. Uh, but unfortunately fall, uh, 62 or no, 64 to 49, uh, to the Michigan Wolverines. Yes. They played Michigan, um, which is hilarious. Weird. Yeah. So hilarious. Strange. Um, but they fall to the Michigan Wolverines ending their season, but you got to tip your cap, uh, to Denise Dillon, Maddie Segrist and the Villanova Wildcats on a, at an important season for the program and a season that indicates that the program is trending in a really, really positive direction. And I'm excited to see that curve continue um, going forward. So totally. congratulations to them on, on a terrific season. But now it's our men's team turn to avenge them. Uh, so I like that. Good motivation. Avenging. Yes. Yes. If We're anyone gonna... is a fan of the Avengers, it's, it's this guy. Yeah. Big Avengers guy, uh, big big Marvel guy. Uh, but anyway, we play Michigan, seven twenty nine p.m. TBS, two seated Villanova, eleven seated Michigan in San Antonio. Tell me if you've heard of Villanova playing Michigan in San Antonio before. Cats in Texas. This is where we belong. Oh my gosh, I've got absolute chills there is just something about going back to texas at this point it feels like home and what i love about this is that the players have fully embraced this too you see the post you see oh cats in texas like you know what's coming this is a thing so get on board we are oh my gosh i i mean i was talking to i was talking to our friend bill the other day i was talking to cole a little bit too not quite as much but i gotta do that I was like, should we, go, should we go to San Antonio? Should we pull the trigger? Like, I don't know. Checking out the flights. They're not cheap, per usual. I just, are there like two flights into San Antonio like every week? It's absolutely absurd. But I'm jacked up for it. I assume they're playing in. in um, no, they're the playing Al- in They're playing in where the Spurs play. Oh, the Alamodome. Okay, cool. No, they're I not play. playing in the Alamodome. Is that not the Alamodome? No, the Alamodome is where we played in the Final Four. They're not playing in that stadium. They're playing in just like a regular old NBA arena. Oh, I assume uh, the Alamo Dome was where the Spurs played. Oh, no, no, you're right. You're right. No, it's like some AT did something some named after some shit. Like, All right. Well, whatever. Yeah. But whatever. We're playing in San Antonio. That's the point. <laughs> Stick to the message. Terrible city. Terrible city, by the way. But hey, I'm glad we're. Oh, uh, the Riverwalk was nice. No, enough. no. The Riverwalk is like Times Square, but in yeah. Texas. It's Yeah, I know. Terrible. But it's terrible. But like, it's That's nice. what they have. That's what they have. Doesn't yeah. make it good. I had a good time in Texas. That's all I know. <laughs> I had a good time in Texas. No, I had, it wasn't because of the river walk, though. I can't speak to the city because I don't remember much of it. I had a good time. So if anyone ever asked me, I'm like, you ever been to San Antonio? Yeah, yeah, I had a great time there. <laughs> <laughs> city notwithstanding, but yeah, I had a great time. Yeah, <laughs> an awesome time in San Antonio that time I went. Oh, uh, my God. Same with Houston. Uh, truth, truth. Anyway, anyway, Michigan. this is an interesting game. This is quite an interesting game because we are going to play the best player, arguably the biggest matchup nightmare player. EJ Liddell is a fundamentally better player than Hunter Dickinson overall when you consider college basketball. But from a matchup standpoint, Hunter Dickinson is going to be the one of the hardest matchups we've played all year. So that is the number one thing that you got to start with. 
right, is when you're talking Michigan, you're talking Juwan Howard's the coach, you're talking Phil Martelli's also on the sideline. He's kind of the tactician, uh, you know, behind the whole operation. Oh, Phil Martelli's the tactician? I feel good about this. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. But like, but like they have a a good experience, you know, deep bench on their coaching staff. And they got Hunter Dickinson. I want to talk about the players. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. But like, some people may not know Hunter Dickinson. Hunter Dickinson is a seven foot one center out of Alexander, Virginia, actually played high school with the one and only Justin Moore. There you go. So interesting. But yeah, to set the stage, he's huge. He's absolutely yeah. huge. That's seven, what you're getting yeah, at. You said seven one. This guy plays at all, since scored all three levels too. He is, he's incredible. He's so good. Um, he plays 32, 32 minutes a game, averages 18. He basically averages 19 points, eight rebounds a game, two assists, a block and a half a game, uh, doesn't turn the ball over too much. And he has a field goal percentage of 57%, shoots 33% from beyond the arc, and an 80% free throw shooter. This guy is a, is a phenomenal, by all accounts, a phenomenal fucking player. And he is an absolute nightmare matchup for us. Uh, because we just don't have that type of size. Um, the the good thing is is that our our guys can our big guys can guard the perimeter. Um, so that's where they kind of do a little damage is they can kind of get Dickinson um, out into you know into the three point line. That's going to be comfortable enough for us. But they have the opportunity to exploit us down low. Um, you know. Uh, you know, and, and perhaps pick up a lot of rebounds uh, because if there's one thing that we struggle with, it's closing out possessions with a rebound. Yeah. Um, so Hunter, Hunter Dickinson is going to be a problem um, all night. And if we can just avoid it becoming the Hunter Dickinson show, we should be fine because the rest of their team is not really blow you away. Good. They have good talent. They have Eli Brooks is solid. Devontae Jones is solid. Caleb Houston is Houston is like, so- solid. It, it's like, a bit, it's a big team though. It's a right? big team. So Hunter Dickinson seven one. They've got Musa Diabate, however you pronounce it, is six eleven and also plays 25, 30 minutes a game as well. So there's plenty of size to go around. You may have a little bit of a uh, a Purdue like feel when they go twin towers, which, like you said, we've been able to deal with. It's not going to be easy though, for sure. Yeah, that's exactly right. I, I I don't think of this game as like as like like we should win this game. Like, are they an eleven seed in my head? No. In my head, they're more of like a five or four or five team because, because like they were a team that was kind of like played bad all season long, got it together late, made the NCAA tournament, and they're playing really good. And they also were like, you know, expected to be a top five team, top 10 team in the beginning of this season. So the like, yeah, I mean, credit when credit's due, right? Like they, yeah. they, they are a good team. They're they like they don't play particularly fast. Um, they're about two hundredth roughly in tempo all across the country. So they're not like this is again not going to be a terribly uncomfortable matchup. They want to speed us up more than like, like we're going to try and slow the game down. They're going to try and speed us up a little bit, but they're not going to turn this into a total track meet either. Um, they got athletes, but they're not like amazing. Like again. It's, it kind of sounds a little bit – talk track sounds a little bit like Ohio State, but Ohio State's best player was a guy we could guard. Right? Yeah. Like, Liddell still got his, but, like, that's a guy we can guard. Like, Dickinson 
we don't have a great answer for. So it's it it, it does get like that. And to the point on Purdue, he's a little bit different because he actually stretches the floor, um, whereas uh, whereas like a guy like Zach Eady is just a, a post player, more along the lines of like a Sonogo, like a post player like that. Nunji on Xavier is maybe your best analog to um, – There's a uh, reference that no one who listens to the podcast got. Zach Nunji and Xavier is – you're you're pulling it. You're going deep on this one. That's yeah, a, that's a that's maybe a deep, that's a maybe. deep cut right now. But that's like maybe maybe even like a Cockbrand or a like like okay. uh, like right. I'm trying to pull out like a little bit of like really <laughs> you're, big guys. You're, you're, you're probably right. You're probably who right. can stretch the floor a little bit. Um, it is is my but he's way better than all of those guys. Yeah. So like this game, the name of this game is how much can we control Hunter Dickinson? If Hunter Dickinson doesn't go off for like twenty five plus, yeah. then we should be okay in this game. If he goes off for like a lot, 30 point game, et cetera, this is going to become like the Hunter Dickinson game, right? Like, and you want to, you want to avoid that. That's kind of everything that, you know, is to say everyone has us favored by five. Ken Palm has us favored by five. Haslametrics has us favored by five. Evan Maya has us favored by like six. So like everyone's got us favored by like a low, um, you know, middle of the road margin, uh, and, and, and there's an expectation, a 70% chance across like the metrics. I'm averaging a bunch together that we win this game. Look, I expect to win this game because I expect to put forth a good performance and Jay Wright has a, like four days to prepare. So, so I expect to win this game. It's just going to be a weird matchup because we have to deal with that. We have to deal with the consequences of playing a guy who's just like such a matchup problem for us. Um, and we got to somehow find a way to limit that. Yeah. It's, I mean, the good thing is they don't shoot a ton of threes and they're not particularly amazing at it either. So even if they say, Hey, they're working inside, knock on wood, if our three point shots are falling just numerically, it's a little bit of an advantage there. That's obviously a big, if we haven't been all that prolific at it the past two games, but um, that is certainly one thing to, to kind of look for that. Look, a three is always more than two. So if that works, we're probably in pretty good shape today or Thursday, not today. Agreed. Um, what do you think? We pull it out. Yeah. I'm not predicting us to lose to an 11 seed. Um, even though I don't think of them as an 11, I'm not predicting us to lose this game. Um, I think we get it done. This is a golden opportunity. We have the opportunity to play, um, not a three seed, um, you know, and, and candidly a team that beat a three seed, but not a team that's playing quite like that caliber on a consistent basis. Yes. They're playing better of late, no, that doesn't mean that they are a top 12 team in the country. Um, I think that we beat these guys. I think we beat that five-point spread, candidly. Wow. Um, do I think that it's going to be a 10-point game like the Ohio State game was? No, but I think it could be like a – I'll call it a four-point game and then late free throws, etc. kind of pulls it out to like – I'll call it eight – I think we win this game by a score of 71 to 63. Wow. Okay. I'm, I think it ends up to be tighter. I think this Michigan team shows up. I think this is like a one or two point victory. I think this goes like, I don't know, 70, 68, something like that. Okay. I like it. Still got us winning. Still got us um, winning. Yeah. So then what's ahead? What's ahead real quick before we wrap up. Um, we play the winner of Houston and Arizona. Um, so Arizona sneaks past um tcu 
uh, in overtime yesterday. Uh, it was an exciting game. They got a benefit of a couple calls down the stretch, but it, you can't really take anything away from them. They made the plays that they had to make uh, in Arizona advanced. That continues to be a matchup problem that I look at. Houston um, also took care of business this weekend, where everyone kind of counted them out. I know I did, uh, and they were they were incredible. So I, I think that Arizona-Houston game is going to be a very interesting game uh, to watch. I think it follows our game. And uh, well, it has to follow our game, but yeah, we played the earlier uh, of the two games. Um, so I'm excited to see the result of that. If we get past Michigan, then we're going to get a good team. You got to be yeah. a good team to make the final four. And we will definitely be back. Assuming knock on wood, if we win on Thursday, we'll absolutely be dropping a pod. I don't know, late Thursday night, Friday, something like that. So we'll get, we'll give you what you're looking for. Okay. Rob, much. before we wrap up yeah. right now, you have to pick your final four. Yeah, another chance to do it over again. <laughs> yeah, because it, it didn't work out well the last time. Um, okay, so who do I got? Well, I had Gonzaga there before. I'm going to stick with Gonzaga. Um, I don't think I had us, but I'm going to say fuck it and let's go Villanova is my other one. And then who do I have left? I've got the East. I think I liked Purdue. I think I liked Purdue earlier, so I'm going to stick with Purdue just for consistency. Also, my mom went to Purdue, fun fact. And then in the Midwest, we've got, uh, I mean, I'd love to say Providence, but I don't think that's going to happen. I'll go Kansas. So I've got Kansas, Purdue, Nova, Gonzaga. All right. I like it. Um, I got Villanova um, keeping that. Uh, The I'm picking Providence. I think Providence is going to be KU. And I think Providence will roll whoever they play in that Elite Eight game. Okay. Got Villanova and Providence are going to play in the Final Four. That'd be fucking wild. That'd be so wild. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'd be oh, nuts. Holy shit. Um, wow. That'd be and crazy. Th- and then I don't know. I have this feeling about this North Carolina team that they're going to find a way to get it done. Um, so wow. I think North Carolina is going to get it done. And then I really, I, I'm going to say Gonzaga. I'm going to say Gonzaga, okay. but like, there's no way this is not a fun final four. Like, cause Texas tech can get it done. Cause Texas tech has looked good too. Texas tech looked good in their first game, but then looked a little bit weaker in their Notre Dame game. Duke all of a sudden is looking kind of good. Could you imagine a Duke UNC final four and, and a Villanova oh Providence final oh, four? Holy shit. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That'd be so awesome. Um, Holy cow. But I'm going to stick with Gonzaga. I think, I think Duke is going to, I actually think I picked Texas tech in my bracket, but I think Duke is going to find a way to get it done and go to the elite eight. And they're going to play Gonzaga and it's going to be a, it's going to be talked about as like a pass the baton type of game where a few Gonzaga like beats K's Duke. And that's kind of K's last game. Doesn't make the final four, but makes a deep run and, Mark Few is kind of talked about, even though it's bullshit because we know it's Jay. Like yeah. he's he's viewed as like the 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 successor, the next inheritor of like the guy um, in college hoops who gets all the good recruits and and wins a lot of games. So I could see that playing out. So Gonzaga, Carolina, which which by the way, Mark Few is like the same age as Jay. He's fifty nine. I, I know Gonzaga, Carolina. Villanova, Providence. Weird <laughs> fucking it. final Weird. four. I love it. I'm here for Weird it. Weird final four. 
So then Gonzaga beats UNC in a rematch of the 2017 championship. Um, and then, oh God, Villanova's got to be Providence in that game. We will never hear the end of it if they don't. Yeah, absolutely. So Villanova Gonzaga in the championship. Okay. I'll, I'll mirror the Villanova Gonzaga in the championship. And if Villanova's in the championship, why not? Now I just need to revise my pick. I mean, look, it's the second weekend. So fuck it. I'm all in. Let's go. Fuck it. There's no Anything else that we got to talk about before we, leave, before we leave? Sadiq Bay scored 51 points the other day. We forgot to mention it. It's awesome. Yeah. Sadiq Bay is really good. Like he's he's going to make the monies. He's going to make the monies. All the monies. The monies. All right. All right. Let's bring it up. Good for Sadiq. All right, guys. We'll be with you. I'll be on Twitter. Maybe I'll do a spaces sometime this week. Who knows? I've been known to do that. Um, pulled together like a 50, 60 person spaces yesterday in the airport. So I've been known to space out sometimes. All right, guys. Thank you. That's fucking terrible. Yeah. 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 But it was good. We had a good time. Thank you everybody for listening. And as always, let's go. Gnomes.